Welcome back to the Off Bar Podcast. My name's Ben, and I'm joined by Brandon. And today, which has been a very, very eventful day, we're going to be looking over the Premier League table, our reactions to the final uh, standings, and what we really think about it. So, do you want to start off with the top of the table or the bottom of the table? Let's go with the bottom, and let's do bottom up. Okay, so, of course, as we know, uh, Aston Villa, by drawing, was saved from relegation. Right. Bournemouth almost made the impossible escape on the last day if it wasn't for Grealish's goal. Now, what do you make of it? Uh, well, I, both games were very tight. Uh, Jack Grealish had a great had a great goal, and then Yamalenko tied it up right away. Bournemouth, I think, had like a seventy seven percent chance of dropping. So the fact that they were, you know, they still had a chance to come in uh, was it, it seemed very like. To still stay up, I think it just has to go down to Eddie Howe not really bringing in the right players, me the right the trans the right uh, players over the transfer window, and I think it's just you know we there were teams that were that I think if you asked me at the start of the season, yeah, I felt like they're gonna drop like Sheffield, uh, United, maybe a Burnley, maybe even a Southampton, but they're all mid table. Um, so I think Bournemouth are a little bit unlucky that you had the rise of some uh, championship squads or some squads that were facing relegation last year, and now they're relegated as well. I, uh, but the Bournemouth game, it, you know, it uh, was, uh, it started off well, but yeah, I just, uh, the Villa got lucky and stayed up. Just from results and yeah, and with Watford, uh, same thing. I mean, I mean, being three nil down and then trying to come back three two, you know, there's not really much you can do. Um, but yeah, what'd you make of it, Ben? Oh, uh, well, I think it was very interesting, especially with Watford, that they fired their manager two games ago. Nigel Pearson had done his job, he had whilst his team hasn't played exactly the best. Uh, he had done his job to save him from allegation, and with two games to go, he gets fired. To me, it makes no sense, especially when you have a team. I believe that pace, they played Man City and Arsenal, so they really didn't have a chance against Man City, but they had a chance against Arsenal. So what if you know, Nigel Pearson sits back, and they don't concede the penalty, and they don't really play terribly, and they survive? You know, I think, personally, it's a horrible, horrible defeat. Uh, horrible, horrible kind of just drop for Watford, I think. Right. Generally for them, uh, it was very, it was it was very intriguing to see that he got fired, especially with two games to go. You figured he'd ride out with the team, but I thought it was very uh, confusing. With the Bournemouth game, you know, Eddie Howe, and this is, I mean, it's totally not stated. I think he's done an incredible job with Bournemouth, right? Because you know they take he takes them to League One all the way to the Premier League, leaves Bournemouth to uh, to join Burnley, then goes back and still kind of keeps them in, and still keeps them in the Premier League up until this moment. We've seen sort of some flashes, you know, uh, early against Manchester United, the better team. You looked at games against, like, Leicester, they looked good, and a 4-1 win. Even against Tottenham, I think if Tottenham would have win that, uh, would win that game, uh, if um, they had a goal disallowed, uh, Bournemouth, in that Tottenham game. So if they win that, they're, in, they're safe. Right. So I think, you know, there's a lot of different things, and we'll kind of get to um, Aston Villa in a little bit. But... Yeah, I think there's a lot of different things. I think really to talk about is Aston Villa because a lot of people have been uh, talking about it. Uh, if it wasn't for VAR, they'd be down. Yeah, no, yeah, with um, 
Sheffield United. Yeah, that Sheffield United game. I saw a tweet by ESPN FC. It was funny. It was like, because uh, goal line technology wasn't working, <laughs> as Villa stayed up. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's just funny. Um, and then, obviously, we're going to talk about 20th place. Norwich uh, got battered by City today, 5-0. De Bruyne actually recorded his 20th assist of the season, and that uh also it also ties Thierry Henry's record for most assists in a season and only puts them to it with who uh players that have had a 20 assist seasons so honestly incredible for them Norwich obviously were yeah, pretty much relegated gone. for with a few games left so that was pretty much a set done deal uh but I think we touched on in the predictions video that there's a plethora of talent that you that teams could look at and look uh, to go after for these relegated sides i mean you look at norwich alone you know uh cantwell aarons godfrey lewis pookie if you want um i'm just trying to think they i know they have a couple other guys that you know could be uh, uh guys that they the guys that could be subjugated to being sold just because, you know, teams might be looking for them. Uh, look at Bournemouth. We obviously talked about uh, Nathan Ake. Josh King. is Josh King, Callum Wilson, Lerma even. I think Brooks is on loan from Liverpool, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Cook. Yeah, it, it's... Um, again, it, it's very difficult... Uh, for probably Bournemouth to maybe keep some of their key players in the championship. Um, and then if you look at Watford, um, Ismaili Asar. Ismaili who I think has been linked to a Liverpool move, which would be, be kind of funny because he was like the main person to win against them. Like you, right, you take yeah. him out of the team, he doesn't play or they win, which I mean, imagine losing the undefeated streak to a, uh, to a team that's in the relegation zone. I mean, that's... But, yeah. I mean, Decore, you can uh, make a thing for Ben Foster, maybe, if, like, a Burnley wants him, or, you know, maybe a Sheffield United just to replace Dean Henderson if he doesn't go back on loan, and Andre Gray, maybe. Um, But, again, I think it goes down to... Adela Feu also, I didn't mention him, but I, I just just remembered... So I think it just goes down to even maybe a Ricardo Pereira if you really are desperate. Uh, I think it really goes down to the fact that I think Eddie Howe got too comfortable with his players and he really didn't change tactics. And so teams really figured out how to play against Bournemouth and he really didn't bring anyone in of too significance. So, you know, that's why I think they went down Watford. You know, it's just been an up and down season. They had four managers and it's it's very difficult to do be successful when you're changing managers, con- not constantly, but at but yeah, four in a season is too much. But at the rate that they did, and then Norwich, I you know they conceded a lot in the in the championship, and I I think a lot of us going into it probably pointed as them as another relegation side that could face relegation, even though they do have somewhat of a talented squad. Um, and a definitely a good championship squad. I think it's just they got relegated because a lot of times they they conceded a lot of goals. And so that's not going to work in the Premier League if you can't score goals, and they obviously couldn't. Uh, so, again, that was a big issue. 
And if you're Aston Villa, you know, you think you're kind of excited because, you know, you brought in all this talent. You know, you had like a 100 million plus, 120 million. Marvelous Nakamba. That's all I got to say. <laughs> $120 million uh, summer of transfers. You know, this is kind of a new squad. It's kind of like, hey, we had some money because uh, we probably rolled over money plus going up to the championship plus now Premier League money. TV deals and all that kind of stuff. So now we have a, a boost in. I'm sure some ad revenue was in there as well. Uh, some sponsor revenue. So I'm sure a lot of us. So, you know, why don't we just try to make a squad that could maybe stay mid-table. And obviously it's just seemed more like a hodgepodge and more of, and more of that than anything of just trying to bring in players, really. Uh, so... Yeah, uh, but good for them for staying up. I'm, I mean, now they have a tough test because Tyron Mings is going to be linked to move away. You also have Jack Grealish who's going to leave. Like, right. Unless they give up like an 80 million price tag on him. I think you know, it, it's most likely Jack Grealish could leave. Right. Douglas Louise, I believe, is on loan from yeah. City. So that's going to be another one. Uh, John McGinn might be moved away. Uh, Re- Pepe Reina is on loan from AC Milan. Um there's a lot of moving pieces right to this, uh, Villa team but I mean I think... granted they also had a few injuries and they did have a few they did have a few injuries and that's why they kind of had a low in loan in Pepe Reina from AC Milan but yeah no they definitely need to start maybe looking for some replacements or trying to uh we reaffirm that squad so maybe they can at least try to stay mid maybe push for mid table next season and then, I guess let's just go talk about the Europa League sides. Um, so, really quickly, if Chelsea do win the FA Cup, Wolves are in it. So, that's what we're going to talk about Wolves in a second. Uh, that's where we're also going to include Wolves in this, just for the fact that if Chelsea do win the FA Cup, there is a chance of them getting in. So, quickly, let's start with Wolves. Honestly, pretty not good of a day <laughs> for that. Yeah. I mean, they conceded. Free kick, you could, you could argue, but it seemed kind of a little clear cut. And then, I mean, that was just a horrible second goal to concede. Right. It was on the counter. There was no defense back because he wasn't trying to score one before half time. So I don't really, I don't really like, uh, I don't really think that they did a horrible job. Right. In the game, but in the game, but I think it was just two really snapshot goals. Like yeah, I think Cody got just out muscled and outpaced by Giroud, which. Honestly, speaking from, like, a FIFA player, it's like, how? Like, you get outpaced by Giroud, the dude's, like, had, like, 40 pace for, like, the longest yeah. time now. <laughs> I think it's also Giroud's intelligence, especially on that second goal. Oh, uh, yeah. Because you look at kind of how it's uh, how it's gone past, and Cody should get to the ball first. Yeah. And I think Giroud's ability to maneuver and his kind of just, um, his experience kind of really, I think, made it so that it'd be really hard for Cody to get the ball. And it's leading to the second goal. But fair play to Chelsea. I mean, no, yeah, for sure. And they're staying in that Champions League spot, which will move, which we'll kind of talk about in a little bit. Um, but yeah, with Wolves, it honestly, they just seemed like they were outpaced the whole game. And um, yeah, it, just, it really wasn't a good performance for them. They still have a hope for another European shot. And again, they're still in the Europa League. So if, by ch- if they are able to... 
go through and win the Europa League. You know, they could still end up in the Champions League just by doing that, but it's probably looking like another year of Europa League football, especially with Chelsea being favorites in the FA Cup. Um, again, uh, Raul Jimenez didn't really show up this game. Uh, Ruben Neves has, has had a down year. Honestly, if we're looking at a Wolf side, they probably just need some more youth into that squad because Rui Patricio is going up. Joao Moutinho seems like it's been he's been their main creator and he's up there in age. Um, I know Adama Traore has been uh, constantly linked with a move. Raul Jimenez has also been linked with a move away. So I think it's just going to be interesting to see. I think with a lot of these clubs going into the transfer window, you know, starting up today. Yeah, I mean, yeah. no one's made big signings in the past, like, five hours. This is a disgrace. I know, like... Put your thumb out your asses and start I, doing something. <laughs> I, I just see a bunch of transfers from, like, Russia and, like... Yeah, exactly. France, so, like, whatever. But I think, you know, with Wolves, they're in a lot better position, I think, than a lot of teams. A lot of people would like to see, especially... I like their manager. Nuno has, I think, done an incredible job. No, for staying, sure, yeah. Letting him stay. And they have the Portuguese backing, and I think that's... Something that's very right. important. And I think, honestly, there's a lot of talent in Portugal at the moment. And there's a lot of young Portuguese that can come into that squad and really do well. Um, I mean, obviously, it's because there's, you know, a lot of yeah. Portuguese do go over to Wolves. But, I mean, listen, I think if they, I think, honestly, if they showed that defense, maybe get a replacement for Willie Bali. I mean, I know he's probably been their best defender. I mean, Connor Cody. Has been, uh, could be up there, but Will Bali, uh, I think, has had a pretty good season. So maybe he could also, so maybe, maybe a place for him. He's getting kind of up there. Um, so let's move over to Tottenham. Mm-hmm. I was, I was laughing. with Crystal Palace. Yeah, I was laughing because, did you see the way Jose Mourinho celebrated the end of the, the whole time? No. He, he was, it looked like he just won the championship. I mean, look, it's been a difficult year for Tottenham. Right, let's not get past it. I like Mr. Uh, Pochettino. Is he gonna win? Is you know what's his future? No one really knows. You know, people. Uh, he's been linked with Benfica even. Right. But I think it's been a really up and down season for them. You know, they had to struggle with some injuries, especially late on, especially during that kind of January phase. Um, but I think you know you have to give and you have to give Marino the backing. It, whatever decision he wants to do goes, and I think right because they because they got him in because they want to win a title soon. And I think Daniel Levy's very been very impatient, been very patient with Mitchell Pochettino, and he hasn't delivered. And I think when you bring in a manager like Jose Mourinho, you have to back him all three years. Right, and I think that's an issue that uh, he had at Manchester United that towards the end he really didn't get that financial backing that yeah. he was hoping for. I'm not sure he's gonna get the same thing with Daniel Levy just because. Yeah, Daniel Levy has. It's uh, has been, somewhat frugal with spending over the past few years. I mean, I know last offseason, uh, last Trump, uh, transfer window, bringing the likes of Lo Celso and and Dombele and Cessignon, has, shown otherwise. However. We've also seen him not spend. Yeah, there was like two and a half years I believe. Right. And, and also bringing Bernwine, Bergwine, but I still think that was like for like twenty five million. Yeah. So I've, it wasn't a crazy numbers, but, um, but I think moving forward for Tottenham, they're gonna get Europa League football, which honestly, going from Champions League final to Europa League football, is it's a bit of a drop off. It is a bit of a drop off. I think Jose, 
did an okay job getting him back into some relevance after Pochettino kind of fell off. I mean, honestly, I love Pochettino. Maybe, uh, hopefully, he'll get a good job soon. I honestly was backing him for the AC Milan job if Pioli wasn't going to stay. But now Pioli is going to stay, so that's something different. I think it's also going to be interesting to see what Jose does do in the transfer market just because he kind of has ousted Sessegnon and Ndombele, two quality guys that they signed last offseason. I mean, he's backed guys like Lo Celso, obviously Son and uh, Kane. I think he's also trying to make him, uh, trying to move on from Lucas and use um, you and try, try to use Bergwijn in that position and maybe use a Lucas. I think there's been talks of him moving Lucas for Milik uh, at Napoli, so that's something. And I think obviously the defense needs uh, work as well. I mean, you have Adebayor and Vertonghen back there. You know, Ben Davies and Aurier, like that. And they played Eric Dyer at center back today. Like, that back line for sure needs a bit of help. You know, Davison Sanchez obviously yeah, works, works really good. Sessignon can play that left back role, but he had, but again, has been out, uh, has been, I hasn't been really yeah. used. And Tanganga, I think that's how you pronounce his last name. I mean, he's young. He's but, young, but does Mourinho... Jose's really not going to play young player. Like, we saw that Man United, he brought in Zlatan to pretty much take over Martial's role yeah. as a number nine. So, yeah, he, and Matic went... Uh, Bringing Matic and, like, players that he, like, knew how to play with. Yeah. So, again, not sure how that's going to work. But, uh, again, that back line does need work. Sissoko... Maybe getting him another partner besides Winks. Uh, I do kind of wait, rate Winks as a midfielder. It would have been great to see Ndombele there. Yeah, but he's... I mean, they've had... They've seemingly had a fallout, which... Right. Jose Mourinho denies, but... No, it's Mourinho, uh, yeah. And uh, Ndombele is still a quality guy. I think, honestly, he's still a quality center midfielder. I think, honestly, his time at Lyon really shows that. And I think the few times that he actually has played and done well is, is like, attributed to the fact that he has, you know, he, he is a quality player. So I think that's, like, the big thing here. Um, yeah. Uh, not much to say on Crystal Palace's end besides... Yeah, they stayed up. They yeah. have, you know, Roger as a manager. They still have Wolf, Wolf and Zaha after, like, seven years. Yeah, I so, mean, even though he has requested, once again, <laughs> to leave... Uh, Crystal Palace, which honestly, uh, he deserves. If he's gonna move abroad, he deserves a big move abroad. If he's gonna stay in the Premier League, I don't see him going getting into a top six side. In my, I if he top six side in terms of starting, obviously, if you if obviously he goes back to Manchester United as like a backup striker or something to to that extent, but I I don't. Maybe to Arsenal, maybe you Leicester. Would, you would argue that, um, you would argue that Roberto Firmino does or is a hundred percent better than Wolf Zaha. No, I, I don't think so. I think Wolf Zaha, if you look at stats wise, no, and I don't think so. I just don't think he's starting. For I mean, I understand kind of the idea that Firmino plays a. Uh, it's more spe- I mean, this he is- plays as a deeper center forward. Yeah, he plays as a false nine. So I think, if I, it it may be, I understand what you're saying. I think, but if he's going to move abroad to let's say like a Dortmund, or a 
like, I don't know, think about a team in Italy, like a Lazio or Napoli or an AC Milan even, right? Lazio don't need him. You've seen Chiro Mobley? Yeah. (laughs) I'm just saying, like, a team out there or in Spain even, like if Atletico Madrid, he's starting. I I think for sure he's starting. If it's in the Prem... He contends for it. I I think think he contends. I don't think he starts. Right, he's definitely a quality player for any side in the Premier League. That's for sure. I'm not doubting that. Like, yeah, I think he's proved that. I just think if he's gonna get that bit next big move, I think it should be away because he'll still get a starting spot if okay. he goes abroad. If he stays, then I just don't see him contending with, you know, I I just don't see him contending first. I I think there's a challenge, but I don't see him contending. I think it'll be a rotational striker or right forward. Okay. That's just my opinion. What do you think? I mean, you know, you have to look at if you're going to say top six, he could probably beat out Lacazette because Lacazette is kind of okay, off right. since first season. Even then, Aubameyang is going to probably leave. So there's an argument to be made there. If you look at five. Right, but if you. Uh, Arteta plays what? Like a 4 4 2 something? I, I can't remember what he plays. Give me a second. You know, you look at Tottenham. He's not going to get rid of Harry Kane, but Harry Kane gets injured a lot, so he's there. Uh, and I know he likes playing Stone as that as that striker role, but I mean, I tried to play as a four-two-three-one, and Aubameyang kind of played off the left. So I can get what you're saying that Lacazette really hasn't showed form. Yeah, I mean, when you're getting subbed off for any Ketia in the ninth, in like the fiftieth minute, it kind of shows. Right. So um, I see what you're saying. So like, in maybe... some sides, I think if they didn't sign. Team over and I think Chelsea he can get in. I yeah probably because Giroud's thirty getting into his thirty. And Tammy Abraham hasn't been as consistent. Like he's been consistent and he's has shown promise. He, yeah. yeah. But I think honestly it's just gonna take some time. So if you want to prove a striker, sure. I'm just saying. Uh, there's no doubt about his quality. I'm just saying he doesn't start for a top six side. Okay. Unless it's like a unless you want a rotation. Right. Um, he uh, deserves that big move. I, I, there's no doubt about it. I just don't think he's getting in. If you want to make Lacazette, fine. I'll take Lacazette. If you want to play him off the right and not start a Yosi Perez, if you're Leicester, fine. Be my guess. Tottenham, again, if you want to start him off the right, but they have Bergvine, so I don't see it. Man United, again, you know, linked with Sancho, and they have Greenwood, so I don't see it. Man City, if you want a, a Gabriel Jesus replacement, or if you want a replacement for Aguero, maybe. But again, I don't see it. Liverpool. This gives me for Bobby Firmino, but Bobby Firmino plays a specific role. So I right, so yeah. that you can make the case for Bobby Firmino again, like you said, probably Chelsea or Arsenal. Yeah. As the only really two sides, I can really see him get into if he's starting. But again, they just signed Werner. Um, and they, I think they're pretty confident with Tammy Abraham. Yeah, as being like, yeah. No, it's so I could see, I could see yeah. Arsenal, but again, it's just it. Again, if it, it's just gonna have to see if he does make that next move, which it'll be interesting to see because I do believe Manchester United do have twenty five percent gets twenty five percent. So if Arsenal pays, wait, it, I have a question. Yeah. So Manchester United, uh, this is way off topic. We'll, we're gonna jump into I believe Leicester next. Yeah. So, uh, if Manchester United buy them, they just they don't get any money back, right? If Manchester United buys Zaha, 
I think they would have to lift that 25% yeah, for that to happen. Yeah. Uh, because it's like, hey, pay forty million. No, we're only paying you seventy five percent because, like, yeah. we yeah, owe twenty five percent. Like, no, <laughs> I think they would have to lift that twenty five percent to buy Wilfred Zaha. But if you look at if you think of a rival club like an Arsenal, it's like, do we really want to pay Manchester United whatever twenty five percent of forty million is? Like, right. I think that's kind of like the mentality. I think that's why a lot of people also, well, I don't think he has a buyback clause. No, he has a buyback clause. Depay, never mind. It's a different situation. But I think that's what a lot of deters teams. I think that's what uh, United are a little bit wary of Sancho because you see a lot of these replacement rumors of like Fran and Torres and whatnot. But yeah. we'll do a whole transfer talk later. I just wanted to bring up Zaha just because it is kind of relevant news to today. Um, so Leicester versus Man United. I'm going to kick in to this real quick and then you can join after. Uh, honestly... Good day for Manchester United. Uh, they didn't really look the best. I think Lindelof gets a man of the match, in my opinion. Yeah. He exactly. definitely looks solid. Um, I think Maguire looked very shaky at the back, especially that first yellow card that he got, and then that tackle right off the end of the box on Vardy. Lucky, lucky, lucky he didn't get shown a yellow card, another yellow card there. Honestly... In my opinion, Manchester United have looked better. I think honestly at this point they're run down. Yeah, I definitely. think I think I think they're run down. It's the thirty eighth game. You know they had to play FA Cup games. They had, you know, they had West Ham. That yeah, they had you know they had some bit of difficult defensive of more more different uh, teams that like to drop back. Yeah, so they definitely have they definitely had to go up against uh, several opponents that play different styles, and so it was a bit difficult. So. And also, Ollie playing the same lineup over and over again. You know, I can understand why it looks sluggish. I think this Europa League, it could serve as a good break for them. Especially since we had to play last, the second leg. Right. Like which, five nil up. Right. So, so you could play, and you could start an Agallo. Uh, you could start. I wouldn't want to start Agallo. I, I would do what we did against Astana. I'd play almost full youth. Yeah. Because there's no way we're, there's no way we're continuing five. Right. Okay. So, alright. So, play full youth. I mean, if you want to play Dan James and Gallo, yeah, like, no, no. if you wanted to play, like, a couple of the, uh, obviously, rotational guys, like, if you want to throw Lingard or Phil Jones in there, like, anything layered, James Gardner, uh, Chong, whatever, like, whatever, right? You can throw in there. You can throw yeah. them in there. I was going to say Andrew Gomez. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, alright. So, so, and again, Lester, I think we're very un- unlucky. I think definitely that he- that head of Vardy was almost too c- too close for comfort for De Gea, so definitely probably could have slotted that home. They had a lot of chances. I think the Harvey yeah. Barnes one was as well. They had a lot of shouts for different fouls. I mean, they were definitely... Tillemans came close once or twice, I remember. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it definitely, for them, it was a very close half. Um, Especially, they didn't have the likes of, like, Madison and, no, and a lot of their no, they, players. Yeah, yeah, they play a very depleted squad due to injury. And yeah. Sayonku, who's been, like, their main defensive guy, obviously, is was out because of suspension. So that was a bit of an issue. Let's just now switch over to Leicester's defense. <laughs> Johnny Evans, they once look red, so- always red. <laughs> they look solid. I mean... 
uh, uh, for, for who they were playing, they, they looked good. They looked solid. You know, Bruno Fernandes wasn't on his game, so a lot of his passes went wayward or just didn't really hit the right. mark. Rashford had some really good ping passes, but again, couldn't you? No, we couldn't. Uh, Manchester United couldn't capitalize. I think uh, that I think it's a for sure penalty. I don't think there's a question about it. No. Yeah, I think if you're gonna make the argument that one goes and gets the ball, then the other one doesn't, and right. I think that's so, the problem. Now. Yeah. Again, Mark. I don't think there's an issue. I think. Even if Martial shot, that could have been called a pen. Eh, but like, you know. Um, so it is. So Manchester United were able to open it up with a Bruno Fernandes pen, which honestly, whatever, 14 pens in the league, I think it just shows. And yes, there has been a bit of controversy with those, but I think. There's some of them that are good. Like the Villa penalty wasn't the best, but. For the most part, they were penalties. Right. No, like they were, and I think a lot of people are just gonna complain just because of VAR. But it's <laughs> it's like Manchester United. Yeah, but I think it's also like VAR has also helped out other clubs. Yes, is it penalties that have let? Uh, there are fourteen penalties that have, all I think pretty much been all been like. Mostly of all of them gone been, in yeah. right. I think like pretty good conversion or something. I think, um. So. Yeah, have Man United benefited off that? Of course. But, you know, what club hasn't benefited from a bit of VAR luck? So that's pretty much all I'm going to say for that. And then that Lingard goal. If you think about it, Lingard scored his last, his scored the last goal of the Premier League yeah, season. No, I mean, not just Manchester United season, but Premier League yeah. season. Like, that was the last game to end. And so, obviously, it was the last goal to score. Um, what do you make of Leicester going forward? For Leicester, I think it's honestly, they didn't bring in a lot of players. I think they relied a lot on youth and what they already had. I think their big signing of Oyozi Perez looked promising, but then he looked okay. I mean, it wasn't the worst, but he right. was, was a decent signing. But I think if they, I think they really because he at Newcastle he played more of a center forward, if yeah. anything. So he definitely need. So I think you definitely need an out and out right winger if you're not gonna play Harvey Barnes there. Obviously, I think you gotta keep Harvey Barnes even with that move, even with that link move away to Liverpool. Right. I think honestly, Ben Chilwell is also a very key part. So if you want to try to keep away, it looks like Madison's gonna stay. Madison's gonna stay on a new contract probably. If I think they would honestly have to ward off Chelsea for Chilwell. Uh, I mean, so they might look at another alternative there because I they do have to for Chelsea. They do have to. I think replace that left back and that and a goalkeeper. So after spending eighty million on Havertz, a yeah. possibility obviously, of spending eighty million on Havertz, you know, to then go maybe a little bit cheaper on those two positions. Um, I think it's maybe just maybe, it's bringing up that squad. I think, again, uh, um. Clutching and Nacho obviously isn't the guy. To replace Vardy, so I think maybe looking for the replacement if you, if you can't find it within the youth mm-hmm. setup. And even then, it, it, that's not the main priority. Right. I, I mean, they're solid at right back with Ricardo Pereira. Just yeah, sucks they tore his ACL. I think maybe getting another uh, center back to go alongside Se Young Chu. Yeah. Because um, Johnny Evans and Wes Morgans aren't the youngest players around. <laughs> um, Dennis Pratt did it really. Pratt, Pratt, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Didn't really... Looked promising after signing from Fiorentina, but... 
that hasn't really worked out. And um, and Casper Schreiker still looks solid. So yeah. that I don't think you really have a worry there. I think maybe it's just getting a bit of squad rotation and just honestly plugging a few holes. And I think, honestly, they will be brought back into, I think, next season probably, con- uh, I think, contending. I think if we look at the table now, I think it could be the t- same table next year. Definitely, yeah, I think. I, I think I, for top four, right, yeah. I definitely think so. They, I mean, they look promising. I, I don't think like. It was really just a break that killed them. Right. Yeah. I mean, they had so much momentum, and now. Yeah. This happened because if you look at Manchester United. If you look at all the teams, like a lot of them benefited from this break because they were able to get their players back. Like, I'm just thinking from Manchester United's perspective, they were able to get Pogba back. They were able to get Rashford back. Uh, from injury, I and mean, when they said they wouldn't be back till late April to May, right? So that would be that would have been a big issue. So I think it's just interesting to see how much, how I think it's to see how much the break has helped teams and hasn't helped teams. Right. Um. But if you're Manchester United after this win, obviously you're in third on goal difference. How do you see that? How do you see next season going? And obviously, Sancho has been rumored to go. So if if Sancho is there, how what other signings would you make? Okay, so if Sancho is there, and disregarding the rumor, because I I don't believe it, and I don't know. I'll talk lightly about it. There's a rumor that Manchester United have uh one hundred to one hundred fifty million. Don't believe it because that's what Solskjaer had last time and. I mean, I don't really see it. I think they want to do a lot of net spend. So I think it's a lot of also getting rid of some of the deadwoods. So I think that's why they're pushing uh, Alexis Sanchez into Dubai, into Dubai Alexis Sanchez and Roma to buy uh, Chris Smalling. Uh, and then I think it's also trying to get some of those, get rid of some of those players like a Phil Jones or Jesse yeah. Lingard. Maybe an Andres Pereira, even though I've heard reports that he's, you know, that Solskjaer has told him that he is going to stay. So, obviously, Sancho is a big factor. What uh, what else do you think Manchester United need to strengthen so maybe they stay in the top three, maybe even contend for a title next year? Next year seems a little close, I will say, but, um, right, I mean, you know, of course, you also have the you know, links for Jack Grealish and Van de Beek. You have to find out which one you're going to play. Right. I think if you're, I mean... Well, I think I think Van der Beek was if Pogba was, in, was you know, more still leaning on leaving, right? I think Pogba is willing to stay now and sign a new contract just because the fact that he's playing with Grealish, the fact that, you know, Manchester United looked like the project that he signed up for when he first signed, you know, having that Bruno, having a defensive midfielder, having the attack that he wanted, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, they, you know... He's still there, though, and I think that's kind of something, if you're going to go for someone, to, like, as a rotation, as a rotation, if you're going to go for someone, I think, you know, for 40 million, if you run out of options, then the bank's there. I think that's mm-hmm. pretty good. You, and of course, you have Jack Grealish. You know, we don't know his price now, especially now he's up, he's still in the Premier League. Um, but we have to look at that. There's a talk about defensive center mid. He's Zakaria, Declan Rice. Uh... I I probably, you know, I think if Solskjaer plays his cards right, we wouldn't have to worry that we we wouldn't have to worry about that for the next couple of years because uh, if James Garner progresses and if he goes out on loan, which I think he should, right, goes out on loan to a championship uh, squad looks incredible, he can have game time in the next two years. Right. I think that's something you have to look at. I think also, um, 
If you want to talk about competition for left back, Luke Shaw, if he's not injured, is incredible. Uh, right. incredible, but he's played extremely well this year. But I think we need, I think Manchester United do need a backup because looking at Brandon Williams, he's more of a right back. He's a right footed left back. Like it's, it, 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 he's not really both footed, two footed like Greenwood. Like he has shown that he can play on his weak foot, but it really hasn't done the best for him. Yeah, but it, I mean, it's not really a big. Priority, especially when you need someone like a, de- uh, like a faster center back, and then right. also to look at Pogba's extension. So, if I'm looking at kind of importance, I'm gonna go with, um, of course, Sancho number after one. After Sancho, right? Okay, so after that, I think renewing Pogba. I think okay. that's the most important thing to me. Yeah. Uh, number two is having signing either Grealish or Van der Beek. You know, whichever one you want to pick. I know they're two different types of players, but mm. you know they. One can, you know, they can they help relieve the stress off of the creative make, uh, playmakers in the midfield. Right. And then I think uh, finding a uh, fast center back. I think it's very important because you've seen, you know, we've seen the stat that Manchester United have conceded the second least or the third least goals. They can see like 35 this year. Right. So imagine if they can, if they'd be able to get a center back that would kind of, that would be able to win a foot race with someone. Right. Instead of, uh, Lindelof and um, Maguire not really looking like the fastest players, right? Um, I kind of like Kouyaté out of Leipzig. Uh, he's one of the another. He's one of the French center backs that they have. Yeah, playing in that back five. Uh, obviously, there's been talks of Nathan Ake, so maybe you can get him on a cut price deal just because Bournemouth are going down. I mean, I'm still sure that he's going to cost forty million. So if you, yeah, it seems like he's going to Man City. So right. So maybe it's. Looking at another defender, uh, again, I, I brought up a couple in the preview, so if you guys want to go check that out. Check it out. It's right there. Right. It's, it's, it. just gonna be, it's gonna be in the channel somewhere. It's just, it's just, it's just, you know, just look at the videos. I don't gotta baby you. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> with that being said, I think, honestly, Manchester United do look like they could they could contend. I think honestly though, it just comes down to bringing in rotational pieces. Like, yeah, like obviously bring in Sancho, but I think it's also bringing in rotational pieces so that way. Manchester United aren't dealing with injuries like they have been throughout the season. Yeah, I think and if they deal with injuries, you don't have to put someone like a Pereira there. Right. Who, I mean, to his credit, you know, was I wouldn't think he was pretty bad, but he wasn't the worst. In the team, right. so he did create some good chances. I think he had like uh, per average one of the biggest chance creations in the team. So. Right. Is there hope for uh, before we end off? Is there hope for Tuan Zebe to maybe step up into that center back role? It's always about injuries with him. He right. really truly is. Same thing with Laird. It's always about injuries because this is supposed to be his year. You know, a lot of people thought that with the signing of Maguire, Lindelof, who did play really well last year. This was going to be his year, especially with when Twente became on came back from a really good loan spell at Aston Villa. Right. So I think if he can stay healthy, the rumor has it that uh Solskjaer likes him. But if he can't stay healthy, there's no use in him, you know. What about the Academy guy? Tenen Mengi, he's trained with the first team. He looks really good, I think. Uh, it's just all about trust of Solskjaer. Okay. And I think... But it, I think it's also Solskjaer has shown that he is trust... That he is... That he will show some trust in the youth. Yeah. But that I think, he's not really too quick to go buy players maybe like a Jose would be. Yeah, no, definitely. I think... 
if you look at kind of um, you look at like, uh, if, but if you look at a person like Ethan Laird, they're gonna have to get their chance for them. And I think right. the Astana game was one of those chances. I think right now, again, the last game is gonna be it. I'm sure, and I'm a hundred percent sure. This Europa League competition, we're not going to see our full strength squad until the final. No, we get I, to the semifinals. I honestly think we're going to see a lot of McTominay. A lot going back to that McTominay and Fred uh, uh, midfield, midfield yeah. and more of a Brandon Williams at left back, and maybe like a Delo at right back, or now Fosu Mensa at right back. Um, Timbo De Beast. <laughs> I mean, it's obviously a thing with Manchester United. It's going to be very interesting to see, and I think honestly. I think it's going to be interesting to see what everything does because the transfer window has technically started. Um, a lot of team, you know, ver- you know, a lot of teams are still trying to make some moves, trying to strike up some squad because before you know it, it's going to be September and we're yeah. going to be talking about uh, the league starting. Yeah. Um, which honestly, I just it feels incredible. And it feels weird because honestly, we're Manchester United. A lot of teams are going into the Europa League, right? Right. Thinking like. Okay, we have Champions League football next year. Like, if you think I get in, I think Inter technically also have a Champions League football next year. Yeah, so they're going into the European. So they're thinking even... like, like for them too, it's like they could probably not play a full strength squad until the final and like not really care. Right. Right. As say, I mean, you can talk about it for any of the like clubs that already have qualified for the Champions League, like like Manchester United and um, Sevilla. Maybe. So, I honestly, I haven't looked at that. Uh, like, you get the point across. That, right? right. So, it, 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 it is interesting just to see um, who sort of, I don't know, does fourth get you in the Champions League if you're... Uh, in Spain? I'm not really sure. I think maybe. I, th- I, think, qualifiers. I, I think, yeah, I think it gets... So, yeah, Sevilla, technically, maybe Roma. Uh, again, not really too sure. But, yeah, you know, it's going to be very interesting to watch the Europa League in chat. Well, not Champions League, but the, definitely the Europa League kind of play out because we might see big teams fall because they are already in the Champions League. Right. Um, Roma probably still... Roma... Probably going to need to get... Could be in the, probably need to win. Same thing with Wolves. So there's a lot of teams that have more at stake to qualify for Champions League football rather uh, to get into Champions League football rather than... If you're a Sevilla or if you're Inter, or you're Inter, if you're Manchester United, to not really have to get into, not really have to focus on the Europa League. I mean, yes, would it be a great title for your, to win? Obviously, like if you're Solskjaer, if you're Conte, obviously, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, to win that, but I think if you're gonna look at it one way, do you rest your squad next year? Uh, do you rest your squad for next year, risking losing, or do you go to, or do you just, uh, like? I think honestly, if I think if you some of them, it's just like. It's whatever. It's whatever. Like honestly, it's it's just focusing on next year and just really like, all right, we're gonna play a few squad, like we're gonna play some, a uh, first team squad, but not really. Like I think again, we're gonna see a lot more Fred and Scott. Uh, going back to that Fred. And Scott McTominay lineup, I think we're going to see a lot more... Youth Academy. Youth Academy, I think we're definitely going to see a lot more of Igalo. Um, Which, I mean, who's complaining? I'm not complaining. (laughs) Man's Man's done better than Henrik Larsson. That's all I can ask for. Wait, have you seen... Did you see... Okay, so, really quick sidebar before we finish off. Yeah. Do you see the... uh, They were, like, doing the Premier League review of Manchester United. 
Did you see? Because they went to uh, Odinagalo and when they got signed, and they showed the reaction in Nigeria. It was like if God showed up there. It, I mean, it was... <laughs> no, like, honestly, they're always happy when their players... I think, honestly, if you come from a, like, more of a, like, a... How do I want to put this? <laughs> when you come from a place that doesn't, like, it doesn't have the best reputation for football. Right, and I think or if you come from a more, like, strong... I don't want to say stronghold, but, like, a more, like, concentrated area... Of just, you know, yeah. living. Yeah, yeah, no I true. think um, a lot of guys are going to, um, a lot of guys are going to be, uh, when they, when they put, when players on their national team get signed by big clubs, I think it's a, a point of just like respect and just like yeah. admiration that, hey, you know, we're getting Odi Nagalo from China to Manchester United, like, how cool is that? Now, like, Victor Osiman going from Lille to Napoli, I'm sure they're probably buzzing about that as well. I think smaller countries in terms of their football dom- dominant, dominance are more happy that about club-wide, about players going to certain yeah. clubs. That's why it's hard to talk about Pulisic. It's really hard because I, I, I love the guy, but he played for Chelsea. Um... So I think, is that it? Or do you have something else? No, I'm pretty much good. Um, Yeah, uh, this has been a longer podcast, but again, thank you guys for watching. Uh, It's it's stock filled with a lot of knowledge. That's that's definitely not me trying to pull shit out of my ass. That's, that's (laughs) like, for sure, definitely, like, not, like, majority of these episodes. Like, obviously, I'm full of knowledge because I got a bookshelf in my garage next to my... Nothing. <laughs> GMC terrain. <laughs> no, I, I don't have a. Uh, I don't have a Ferrari, but <laughs> yeah. If you're pulling up to college with a Ferrari, you know you, you don't need to go to college. <laughs> Dad's money will help you. Uh, all right, but anyway, this has been a long episode, a very fun episode. Uh, but if you disagree with us, let us know in the comments. Uh, let us know your opinions as well. What do you guys think of this final day? nerve-wracking was it not was your club you know just like whatever we're mid-table so like fuck it who cares where you got was your club liverpool so again it was like fuck it who cares was your club in the relegation zone were they fighting for a top four place uh let us know in the comments and if you want to check us out on instagram and twitter links will be in the description thank you all so much for watching uh take care and stay safe